0: hey guys welcome back to another episode of a pill for the blues where we talk about a couple of tunes look for the hues and give our reviews i'm raisa and i'm Adiba. and in today's episode we're gonna talk about one of the creepiest movies we've ever watched it's not a horror movie but of course it has all of the thrills that come with a horror movie no jump scares just pure psychological thriller so Adiba, why don't you tell us what movie it is
1: okay so this movie is called midsummer and it is directed by um, a man called Ari Aster. And if people are aware of his previous work, he has made one of the most scariest horror movies out there. It's called Hereditary. And if you've seen that, I'm sure you can get a little bit of an idea of what Midsummer is going to be about.
0: But on a lighter note, let's just start this off with um, how you're doing with uh, everything that's going on. We did a really heavy episode last week. And just after that, I think we needed a little time to relax and unwind and just look things in a lighter way i guess
1: definitely i mean last week we went on a little bit of a darker path but this time the movie that we're going to suggest is going down a darker path but it's so creepy yet it psychologically moves you there are so many metaphors just put into this movie that you have to watch it at least twice or thrice to be able to pick pick out these details it's so perfectly made i feel like the writing is so good for this movie every single detail is so spot on it's just crazy i love this movie honestly what about you what did you find peculiar about it
0: you know guys i usually do this thing where i look at the trailer or like the poster of the movie and i try to figure out what happens okay so honestly for this movie i lucked out because the first couple of seconds of this movie a curtain opens and you see this beautiful mural so it just depicts everything that goes on in the movie like it involves all the characters this mural is uh, divided into i think like four different seasons um, the movie Midsummer itself uh, describes a lot of the culture on celebrating the Midsummer festival in Europe. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what goes on in this tapestry and I wrote down a couple of points before I even watched the entire movie to see how accurate I would be in describing what might happen. Okay, so the opening, a tapestry. I'm reading out my notes you guys, this is how detailed they are. <laughs> So uh, I think I just started out randomly, but I'll start from beginning to end. So from left to right, it's divided into four different seasons. So what I initially understood from that is uh, Midsummer, the festival goes on during the summer, hence the name. So I thought it would work its way towards summer. So in the beginning, you have winter. There's um, a snowy painting where there are people connected with the wire. And I thought they were linked with uh, whatever happens, like all the characters are linked together. That's what I understood from that. So there's a skull above these people. So I thought, you know, something is going to happen to them. So it's like a warning sign or something. That's what I got from um, that first season. And uh, moving on further, I noticed the similarities that there's one character who's there in the next season as well so i understood the main characters in this movie um what's the what's the main character's name danny danny right, right. danny so um how does her uh, so what wh- how does her story start why don't you tell us a little bit about that okay
1: um so what i don't want to give away a lot about the story and um, so i'll give you a very brief idea about who danny is and how is her story about a change so in the beginning you see that danny is in her studio apartment and she's on the laptop trying to talk to her sister who's sent her something clearly very disturbing and she has no idea how to respond to it she's very scared she calls her boyfriend up and realizes that you know he's a very distant person he's not someone who's willing to um share or be there emotionally with danny and she's sort of uh, it's, a very, diff- it's a very difficult for her because here she has a boyfriend who's not being very supportive and then there's her family who she has no idea what is going on with them. And um, she later finds out that um, something bad has happened to them and she's completely traumatized by it and she has no one to lean on. And when she's going through so much drama, um, her boyfriend and his uh, college friends are planning to go on a Europe trip for their parents. Um, phd studies so um, they all end up going to this very fancy swedish uh, place called harga where they are celebrating this very um, beautiful um, festival that they do every year so that's midsummer right so um, it's called midsummer because it is celebrated in the middle of summer
0: right Okay, so I think what you've described till now, I think we can relate it to the initial understanding what I had about the tapestry, um, right, right, the okay, mural or the tapestry. Uh, yeah. yes, yes, So uh, I think the snow didn't really represent the weather, well, well mm. it, it was snowing in the beginning of the scene, but it also represented what Danny was feeling. Right. She, yeah, cold and distant. She couldn't connect with the family or with her boyfriend. So she was. So Danny is a
1: very anxious person, as mm-hmm. you can see. She's very stressed about what is going, what is going on in her life right now, and whatever events that take place completely destroy her. She has no one uh, to lean on. Right. And the boyfriend, as you can see in the
0: tapestry, is trying to console her. So move. So moving on from the first part of the mural we we come to the second part so this is where the seasons change so earlier you had winter and now you have autumn so this is where the character is moving towards summer so this is I, I feel like this is a character arc for the main um, actor in this movie and there are two people uh, walking towards something and one is consoling the other so the second character i'm sure is reoccurring from the first part as well so i'm guessing that's the main character and there's this tree this guy's sitting on the tree i've i had no idea who this guy was so i just ignored that part so that that's what i thought it, it was just a character arc representation of like her journey like a small journey is 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 that accurate so far so
1: true uh, you can actually see the main character is being consoled by her love interest and there's someone in the background looking at the relationship, you know, writing down. looks like he, It looks like he's writing or drawing something, right? So, he's observing the relationship.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Good point, good point. So, um, tell me something about this new guy. So, we've heard about the boyfriend, we've heard about Danny, the main character, who was crying. And who's this guy sitting on the tree? so as
1: you progress into the movie you are introduced to christian who's the boy who's danny's boyfriend and his group of friends um so you uh, uh, christian has two friends from college one is josh and one is mark and josh is the one who is actually going to um sweden to do his phd and christian and mark sort of tag along with him now the person who introduced them to the Swedish festival uh, in Härka is someone called Pele. So, Pele is part of this community, and the one who's sitting on the tree
0: is actually Pele, and he's the one leading them. Okay, so she's observing and everything. So, I didn't understand his significance of bat when I actually looked at this tapestry, um, although I could have analyzed it a bit more closer. But also, one thing that I did not mention earlier was like the stark contrast in colors like in the first part it was just you know just skulls and black birds that were diving down so that was a very dark dark depiction of what was happening in that part of the movie right and when you progress further you can see the colors change they turn into more warmer tones with bright reds and yellows uh with A bit more greenery. It does have like brownish tints to it. But it's still very vibrant compared to like the previous um, part of the... There's also a lot of white involved in the other part of the tapestry Mm -hmm. to
1: sort of show the other um, characters that are added into the story and how Mm -hmm. you can see the main character's life goes from being dull to becoming brighter. Oh,
0: that's that's, that's, that's a really good observation. That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So, moving on to the third part of the tapestry, you see all the people that you mentioned earlier, Mark and all of uh, Danny's boyfriend's friends. Danny's boyfriend is Christian, am I right? Christian. Yes, right. I got that right. So, um, so you see all his friends and they're being led by this guy playing the flute. So, he's the same guy who's sitting on the tree. Um, yeah, I, I knew he was a key person who... Um, introduce them to this midsummer festival in the first place. So he was like luring these people. So I understood till there, but I didn't know the significance of where he was leading them. Not significance, but like where he was leading them. I, I didn't. So he was like the pipe Piper.
1: He was leading them
0: right. to this place. And when you observe closely, all of these people are wearing um, bright colored clothes, except for christian i don't um, maybe there's a character analysis on why he's wearing brown where everybody else is is wearing brown oh does it Mm. represent the bear yeah i think
1: so oh wow give away the ending oh yeah
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) oh i'm not gonna say any of that okay so close observation um so when you look at this tapestry closely you see um. this one really odd thing that you see in this is that one of the guys has a weird wicked expression and is wearing a jester's hat and he's following the guy with the flute well, that's that's so bizarre like how does that fit in how does the jester's hat fit in all of this
1: so when you look at th- when you look at all the characters individually you see That their depiction in this tapestry is very interesting. Um, To start with, Pele, he's holding a flute, so he's like the pipe piper. He's leading them towards this Swedish festival. And then you see Mark. He's wearing the jester's hat. You know, he's like a joker. He's always he's the funny one, and he never really knows when when to say what. He almost crosses the line in the movie, uh, as you will come across that he does something. Which is just not right. And then you see Josh. Josh is wearing a green, green color suit, right? He's wearing green, right? Yeah. So Josh is wearing green and Josh is someone who's very interested in this place from the beginning. He's done his research on it and he's very excited to go to this place. And then you see Christian. Christian is wearing brown. And brown a lot of the time represents a very dull person. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: someone who's not very... uh, Charismatic or someone who's just you right. know, within themselves. And then you see Danny. Danny's wearing a pretty skirt, right? And she's mm-hmm. almost like a princess going towards this place.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Now that you mentioned it, yes. Yeah, all of this comes together. That's this very detailed. I love your observations. Okay, so coming on to the third part of the tapestry. Is that third? Fourth? Oh sorry. Um Okay, so coming on to the fourth part of the tapestry, um, you see this guy, the Pipe Piper, he's led these four other people, friends, to the destination. And you see them being welcomed with drinks, wholeheartedly. Everybody's celebrating them, welcoming them into their culture. Okay, so one thing that I need to mention over here that I think we haven't mentioned throughout this podcast is this movie is about cult culture basically so these people are being led into a cult right so till that part i i knew that going into the movie because i watched the trailer and stuff so that's that's what i thought was happening so he led them to this um this cult and following the culture of cults or what they're known to do so i thought these people were like sacrifices to be made So
1: I don't think we should classify this as a cult because this movie is based on like traditional uh, summer festivals that usually take place in Europe and to just you know classify nomenclature it as it's a cult movie would just be wrong on our part. So it's it's basically this guy leading four people to experience summer being celebrated
0: okay so coming to the fourth part of the tapestry we see that the guy who was leading these four other people he's led them to the destination that he wanted to lead them so they're welcomed by drinks and everybody's so enthusiastic and welcoming and these people seem happy as well a
1: point to be noted in this particular scene of Mm -hmm. the movie that i observed it was everyone was welcomed by saying hello welcome taharka welcome mm-hmm. to this festival and danny the main character was welcomed by saying welcome home
0: oh i didn't oh wow good point you picked up on that yep. that's so cool so one mm-hmm. of the
1: so one of the person uh, like uh, the people of that place welcomed danny by saying welcome home and this is something that i realized after i watched it for the second time when i was concentrating oh. on what they were saying and since I already knew what the, how the story was ending, it made so much sense for them, for him to say something like that.
0: Looking at that, I, I, I didn't know that at that point. So for me, this is all casual. It's just like four mm-hmm. people being led by this creepy dude with a flute. So, uh, but, but the thing is, the music mm-hmm. in this movie is very beautiful. It's, it's very beautiful in a hypnotizing way. I feel like the guy who made this movie was trying to hypnotize the audience into um, extracting the best and the most ultimate experience for them. So you get so engrossed in this movie, half of the time nothing really happens in this. So it's just the entire experience itself is creepy. It's like you're being hypnotized into, inside this movie, you're part of this as well. That's how it feels. So. Like in retrospect after that I've watched the movie. That's what I feel. But um, looking closely at this, I don't think I see anything else. I see a cow, but I, I don't think... Where was the cow even used in the entire movie? I don't think it was. Was it?
1: So, it's basically supposed to represent the farm that they live on, sort
0: of. Ah, okay, okay. Right, right, right. And then, and and then, then you see the else. bear. That's right, you see the bear. That is going to be something huge. Um, I don't want wanna to... realize
1: that a bear was was shown in very early parts of the movie
0: yeah in a cage
1: the picture there's a picture of a bear
0: oh right 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 oh my god you picked up on so many details
1: so, this, that's, this, that's what the entire movie is about. There's so much symbolism involved in every single frame. If I go on to tell you every single thing that I found in this movie, you will be so psyched.
0: So, looking closely, these people have um, reached this place. They're welcomed and everything. And what is this? Okay, so what I initially thought when I looked at its details was you see people holding drinks, so one of them is holding a skull and the other one is holding a chalice. So what I thought that uh, what I thought was they're gonna be offered all of these um, four other companions of this flute guy w- were going to be offered two chalices and they had to pick one to live and the other to die. And I don't think oh. that. Um, no, that's not what happened. Yeah, that's not what happened. But that that's what I initially thought about this. It's a good guess though. I mean, you're on the right track. Uh, yeah, far from it. But thank you. That was so nice. <laughs> um, Okay, so I think we're done with the fourth part of this tapestry. And we're coming to the last and the creepiest, most ugly looking sun that's staring at my face. <laughs> uh, we're coming to the final part. So I can finally close this tab and just not look at it again um yeah and yeah in the last part we see a celebration it's like this beautiful cultural celebration that's what this feels like and it's like this beautiful depiction of women dancing with flower crowns and white flowy dresses and it's just so beautiful to look at but it stops being beautiful when you actually look at it closely this entire vibe is middle of the summer it's hot and you're wearing like summer dresses and it's harvest season or something like that and that's what it looks like and and you see in the in between these beautiful women are fucking skeletons with flower crowns on their heads (laughs) and it's just so bizarre the mixture of life and death and its celebration so Yeah, yeah, and then you also see a dining table. Yes. uh, underneath them.
1: Yes, you see it, which also represents something which later happens in the story.
0: Yeah, so that's basically a feast. I see a feast and a celebration, and I see a sun directly above all of this. That is so creepy, staring directly into my soul. And the sun has teeth, you guys. What kind of a sun has teeth? God, it's upsetting to look at. Um right <laughs> right right um is there anything else that i missed out okay so these people are dancing this crop coming out of the ground so maybe yeah it's i don't know it's harvest season or something and it's a celebration it's a creepy celebration so the only person that can be found in this last step ta- in this last part of the mural is the main character and there's no one else so in this so what my conclusion was just offhand looking at this was she somehow roped into staying here and she's kind of happy about it and she got rid of everyone else i don't know what that meant that's a, that's but a pretty good yeah prediction for how
1: the story is going to end
0: yeah so that's what i thought so you know i i went a bit too far when i thought that um the pipe piper guy invited them for this festival to like eat everyone else because <laughs> you know this is a very <laughs> creepy movie that that was my first instinct i was like i'm not gonna watch people being um uh, eaten alive but that's there's there's no cannibalism yes so no cannibalism. thankful but for it that It also does get very creepy when oh you like oh my god what please happens start
1: to the individual characters <laughs>
0: um why am i saying please don't remind me when we're actually doing a freaking review on this okay i'm so excited to close this tab and just stare at your face it's oh god
1: what was your reaction when the movie ended when the last scene happened do you think you got everything right
0: I don't think, I, I I was partially right. I was right in the sense that, like, the most predictable things that can happen in, like, a creepy movie, those happened. But, like, this movie was, like, 2% predictable. I got that 2% right. The rest of it is just bizarre. Everything that happened. And I'm turning the pages so that you can hear. The last thing that I wrote on this page was in bold lame that's what i wrote i don't know if you can see this that's exactly what i wrote yeah you know, i watched this entire movie
1: bro as soon as i finished watching that movie i said to myself that is the creepiest smile i have ever seen in my
0: life oh yes oh yes i know what you're talking about yeah you're definitely right. When I first watched this movie, I was in this mindset that it was going to be this incredibly hardcore, weird action, which it was, was. But I was expecting something way creepier. And when I was first watching this, I didn't realize all the underlying themes, the character developments, what happens to those individual characters. Like I could not grasp what was happening. So when I finished it, and then I was talking to you, and then I watched a couple of videos on it, I was like, oh shit, this is seriously messed up.
1: I, I figured out like the basic character theme about the main character here. She goes through three phases, okay? She goes through trauma, which is mm-hmm. from her family, mm-hmm. her boyfriend, and just her very traumatic and anxious life that she's living right now. She goes through abandonment Mm -hmm. issues, you know, again, her family, you know, whatever happens to them. And then how, you know, in the end, what Christian does to her. And then there's Mm -hmm. family. You know, in the beginning, she has no one to lean on. Mm -hmm. There's no one to cry with her. She's Mm -hmm. completely alone. And by the end of it, Mm -hmm. you see an entire community which is crying with her. Her emotions are shared. Okay, so the guy
0: who directed this movie, Ari Aster, is his name? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I took like five tries to get that name, right? So that's her being visibly annoyed. I mean, audibly. Um. Yeah, so this guy, while directing this movie, I think after, he said that this entire community was a very empathetic community so everything that happens they're very visibly empathetic so if anyone is crying they cry with them if someone is dancing they dance with them and what else do they do besides dancing and crying when someone is laughing they laugh with them i don't want to mention that entire scene with like
1: it's basically a family where everyone does everything with you you're not alone So all of your emotions are their emotions. And with this, it's basically set in a very nature-esque environment. So it's as if the nature also responds to you. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, Raisa, but when Danny was wearing that flower crown, did you notice how the flowers were breathing?
0: Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was too busy looking at the table and how the food was breathing so i didn't look at the flowers
1: yeah that's that. that's what so everything around the nature everything around her was sort of responding back they were they were sharing the emotions what she felt
0: right that's so cool i think i should have watched this movie twice also although i don't have like the the strength to do it again i can't honestly i just can't Uh i think
1: i enjoyed it the next time the first time I watched it I didn't like it the second time I watched it I, I definitely liked it better I, I enjoyed it a little bit more I guess
0: I think you're right it's also something
1: I noticed was when you see Danny's development throughout the movie she has a very uncertain start mm-hmm. okay and by the end of it you know when she's taking part in that dancing and all the celebrations mm-hmm. she becomes so competitive as if she wants to win
0: oh right so she's so reluctant in the beginning, but then she embraces the community itself.
1: She embraces it in the end, and it's as if she's letting go of her past, and she's finally accepted that this is where I'm going. To right,
0: and um, and and I think uh, earlier a couple of minutes ago you mentioned about like family and this entire community being a family, and we don't in any way are telling you that this is a family movie it's not a family Absolutely movie not. don't
1: you ever know you want Mm-mm. to watch it you watch it by yourself wear yes. headphones stick in stay in some corner where no one can see what you're exactly.
0: watching, and only they're watching
1: <laughs> exactly <before>. um, <laughs> and it's not even like the entire movie it's just like those 10 minutes I think, yeah that happened like the last half an hour where it's just i had to skip it i'm like i'm sorry I can't
0: exactly so uh, now that she knows the disclaimer that this is not a family movie, I think we've safely covered almost everything by discussing how detailed the characters are, but by also not revealing anything about the plot itself. Yeah, I don't
1: think we've revealed any spoilers as such.
0: You know, this is a really twisted coming-of-age movie when you look at it. I
1: think so, yes, 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 definitely. It is a coming-of-age because in the in the beginning, you're so confused, but by the end of it, she's so liberated. But uh, Okay, how much do you think you would rate the movie now? Now that you've understood it, now that you've seen it.
0: So how much would I rate this movie? Um, So let's see. The last three sentences I wrote down were, Okay, so what the fuck? What is happening? This movie is crazy. I think I would actually rate it um, an 8. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I'd actually do that.
1: That's pretty close to how much I would rate it. I think I would give it a solid 8.4 you
0: give it an 8.4 why the 0.1
1: i mean it's it's a really good movie i love it but i wish i got to see the other characters also like what happens to them and what were they thinking
0: i Ah. love the main character's
1: development in the story but i wish i got to know the Mm -hmm. other characters a little bit better not that they were not spoken about or we don't know what happens to them but i wish i just got to know them a little better that's it otherwise i think it's an amazing movie
0: i think i agree with you but i'd still give it an 8 because the first time that i watched it i only watched this once you watched it twice but like the first time i watched it i felt it was missing something It, it was like a really weird slash lame sort of a story because i didn't understand what was going on like the depth in which they took this movie i watched i watched this for cheap thrills to be honest like oh um so that that's definitely not what this movie is it's it's um it goes beyond cheap thrills and like jump scares it genuinely scares you i feel
1: like now that we've shared what we think about it you guys won't have to watch it twice you already know a little bit about it and you'll be able to you know find out more details in it
0: exactly if you're interested in uh, movies like this just going a bit deeper into what you actually see i think this is definitely for you this
1: is not a movie which which has a lot of jump scares and supernatural stuff involved in it it has good writing plus really good acting plus an amazing way of taking horror to another level it's horror in broad oh, yeah. daylight
0: Mm, definitely yes none of the scenes in this entire movie take place in the night except for like a couple of them the entire movie it's just so vibrant and bright which is like literally the opposite of every other horror movie so yeah that's what i'm saying this this entire movie just hypnotizes the audience it involves the audience more than um more than anything any piece of entertainment that I've seen it hypnotizes you into actually feeling like you're in this movie and like everything is happening to you so all of the sounds all of them
1: I feel like it's a very s- metaphorical and symbolic movie and if you're a movie
0: fanatic you will definitely love this movie yeah uh, 100% and um, i think i thoroughly enjoyed this entire process just watching that movie and this is the first time adiba and i are actually talking about this movie
1: Mm, and we decided that to make this episode seem more genuine we'll watch it separately and then we'll discuss it as soon as we start recording it
0: okay so we really enjoyed the process of watching the movie and not really talking about it and just jumping on the podcast and recording this and I think I really enjoyed doing this. I, I think we're going to stick to this format. Why don't you guys let us know how you feel about this episode compared to others. If you want us to keep doing stuff like this or go back to our previous style. So let us know. We have a couple of links in our description where you can contact us by mailing or DMing us on Instagram. And I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap on this episode. So since this entire episode was a recommendation, I don't think we have um, anything else for you guys. So I guess that's a wrap.
1: Yep, make sure to come back next week for more episodes from our Pill for the Blues.
0: Bye! Bye guys!